Thank you, God, for thank you, God, for your Spirit in this place flowing. Um, we just know that that you're working in us, and that you're satisfying every need in our lives right now. I I was thinking, just going back, one song uh, we just sang, um, day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Uh, I knew we were doing this song, and the word incense sometimes is. I don't know, I, I get, I feel weird about that word sometimes because I don't know what it means. So I, uh, I looked it up and the, the modern definition, I mean, it's not a new word, but the modern definition has to do with like aromatherapy and like ceremony and stuff like that. But it also said that it works as a good bug repellent. <laughs> and, and so I, I thought, man, what, a, what an amazing thing, you know, like when we, when we worship and when we bring incense in a, in a way, you know, like when we worship, 800 mosquitoes just left the building. <laughs> and things are, are leaving your life. Problems are being, you know, like, rid of. And so, God, I just thank you that as we're um, bringing worship to you, that you're bringing us to your level, you're bringing us to your throne room, and uh, that... All those mosquitoes, all those problems are, are disappearing. As, as we worship you, we repel anything that the enemy tries to set out and uh, block our path with and bite us in the butt. So thank you, Lord, for uh, this day, and um, we're going to move on with our service. So, um, yeah, you, you can greet your neighbor, and we're going to move on. Good morning, everybody. How many got debugged this morning? Never heard that before. Thank you, Neil. I'm going to use that. I'll mention Neil one time, and then I'm, I'm taking it over, totally mine. Well, last week, as you can see, we're going to receive our offering. Uh, so the ushers, could you please help me? If you're giving cash, we'd like a receipt. Are the ushers here Okay. If you're giving cash, we'd like a receipt, just slip your hand up. One of these great ushers here will give you an offering envelope. Otherwise, you can make the church, your check out to Destiny Church. Um, I just want to mention again that, um, you know, we don't, if we don't have your updated information, like if you moved or if we don't have your information, last week, I guess, I, my wife and I were in Florida, but last week, I guess it was 60 blow windshield here. And they canceled church. My only thought was, bark, 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 bark. but I, I didn't say that, but, but um, I don't know. So there's always a chance that something would happen, like a snowstorm. I guess we have a little snow today. So you don't know what's going to happen. So we just want to make sure that you don't drive all the way here and then something's not up. So if we could get your updated information, uh, Dave, I don't know where, what happened to him. He was sitting right here. But anyways, on the back table back there after the service, he'll be there and and, if, and just go back there and give them your updated information. Everybody ready to give this morning? Well, let's take our offering in our hand. Let's pray over it. Lord, thank you that we can give. <clears throat> thank you that you love a cheerful giver. You love your children, Lord. And we just know that our gifts are received when we're, when we're given in, in faith and given with joy. And so, Lord, just receive our gifts now. We give it willingly. And you, you said that the gift is received if it's given willingly. So we just do it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, men. Pass the offering buckets. Praise God. So make sure that you access that. So it was a little bit cold around here, huh? 
Yeah, well, <laughs> if you were all in the spirit, you'd have been, never, never mind, I want to go to that. My wife and I had a great time. We were in a town called Destin. So, remind me of our church, Destiny, but Destin, Florida, and it's on the panhandle. So actually the weather wasn't as great as I'm letting out. It rained about every day, and not all day long, but, you know, kind of missed it in, but, um, in the temperature, but it was in the 60s. And so, I mean, it was, it was pretty good. Better than I heard what you guys were going through. I always like when I go away in the winter, I always like it when it's really cold back here because I think I'm missing something. I hate it when I call back and they say, yeah, it's really been nice. It's like 35, 40 degrees, sun is out. I'm going, nuts. <laughs> then you come back and it's like, you know, 20 below and it's windy. I hate that. But anyways, but uh, we're glad to be back and glad to see you all here today in church and uh, excited about what God wants to do. You know, as we were singing, I got this word. I just want to give it out. I just heard God say that God is going to blow over your life afresh and anew and that he's going to restore everything that has been lost. And the image that I got was the children of Israel, when they asked for quail, it says that the wind began to blow and the quail came in and dropped in the camp. And they ate quail until they couldn't eat quail no more because they wanted meat. And I just believe that's a word for you guys this morning. I just want to say that over your life. That a fresh wind is blowing and God is going to cause you to restore all. Amen. Praise God. That's a good thought to have. Praise God. So this morning, I have a message for you. And I titled this message, The Highway of Wholesome Thoughts. The Highway of Wholesome Thoughts. And last week, or not last week, but actually it's been a couple weeks, three weeks, I spoke on the subject of the renewing of the mind. And I want to review a few things because it's been a few weeks since I spoke. And then I want to go into some new data. But if you have your Bibles, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 is kind of our verse. It says, do not be conformed to this present world or this present age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test or approve what is the will of God, what is good, well-pleasing, and perfect. So I want you to think about this verse here that he uses the term, don't be conformed, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so those are, those are um, process words, if you think about it. The renew, renewing is a process word, and conforming is a process word, and transform is a process word. In other words, it doesn't happen just like in a minute. It's a process. The renewing, it's like when you renew furniture, you don't just go shazam and the furniture is renewed, right? What you have to do is you got to strip it. You got to, I don't, I've never renewed furniture, but I know it's a process. You go through all kinds of stuff. You got to deglue this, deglue that, strip this, strip that. And then you got to slowly put the whatever else you're going to put back on it. And it's a process that it goes through. And so the same is true right here. He's talking about your mind. He's saying that your life is transformed. We think that's a very strong word. Your life is transformed. In other words, we won't even know you from what you were before. We wouldn't even know you. Crabby, grumpy, Norwegian. We wouldn't even know you. You're this totally shining, uh, beautiful, wonderful, debugged. I worked that in my sermon already. Debug person that we don't even know you because over this one thing, the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind. And so the focus 
of this passage is the mind. So you could say it like this. Either you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind or you're conforming by the non-renewing of your mind. I don't know what the opposite of it. Leaving, keeping your mind the same old tired, uh, carnal thoughts that you've always had. And then you start to conform to the spirit of this age. And so that's where the, that's where the transition here, according to this verse, is. And so... The focus here is on the renewing of the mind. The focus here is the mind. And so think about this for a second. There's nothing that affects the quality of your life more than the way that you think. Just think about that for a second. There's nothing that affects the quality of your life more than the way that you think. I heard this pastor, I think I said this last time. I heard this pastor say that he had had the greatest year he has ever had. And so I thought, well, man, he must have won the lottery or, you know, I thought about something. And he said, I started the year and this is kind of the beginning of the year. I started the year making a conscious effort to take every one of my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And that's really hard to do, because if you think, you know, I, I studied a book one time by Carolyn Leaf and she talked about how your your thoughts are like roadways. They're called neurons in your brain, your your mind and your brain aren't the same. Your mind has control over your brain. Your brain is the organ in your body. Your mind is a part of your soul, immortal soul, invisible soul. And your mind has control over your brain. And so, uh, but she said that uh, your thoughts are like neurons, or she said highways in the, in the mind, uh, in the brain. Your, your thoughts are. So what happens is, it's like you can just be walking along, and let's say you're given to a lot of fear. And that's, that happens a lot nowadays. You're given to a lot of fear. So what happens is you're just kind of, you're just kind of, you know, just going along there, just thinking la la la, lollipops and, and whatever. And all of a sudden something happens and it's almost like an on-ramp and it triggers something and you go on this on-ramp and now you're in this well-traveled road, this well-developed that's going down and it's almost, almost impossible to get off because uh, you've developed that type of thinking. How many can see what I'm saying? And so it's so important for us to start putting some road close signs up. I'm not going there no more. In other words, I'm coming down here. I'm not going there. That's, that's going to that's gonna become road closed. And then it's going to start growing over with uh, other things. And it's, I'm not going there no more. It's, I'm going to abandon it. But when you first start thinking new thoughts, what happens is, it's a little bumpy. It's a little bit bumpy when you start thinking new thoughts. And, so, and, and the way you get rid of those thoughts or those close those roads is Scripture. Is Scripture. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians, I want to say with my notes so I can get through it. I didn't get through last time. I want to get through it. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul said that we, our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. We don't war after the flesh. Our weapons are mighty through God. To, and it says, Pulling down strongholds and strongholds. Then he goes on to describe what strongholds are. He, he, he describes really your thought, your thought life, arguments. Uh, every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so what's interesting about that word there, bringing captivity, every thought, the word comes from meaning a, the end of a spear. And the idea is, when they would capture a prisoner, they'd take the spear and they'd use the spear tip to push, kind of prod the prisoner along, 
you know, just keep prodding him along and push, pushing him in a direction. And what he's saying here is that you have to do that with your thoughts. You've got to, you've, you've got to, you can't just let rogue thoughts go through your mind and just let your mind do anything because your mind becomes undisciplined. It becomes overgrown with all kinds of garbage. And so you, and, and the Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. The spirit that we have is a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And a sound mind is an orderly mind. An orderly mind. Amen. You know, it's like this. To give you a graphic picture sometimes of what our mind is like. Is Have you ever watched these hoarder shows? Hoard, what did I say? Didn't I say hoarders? Hoarders. You know, the hoarders. You know what those people are? Now, if you're one, please don't be offended. But I'm just saying, you know, they show you these shows where... I mean, you, there's just little trails and you have to actually walk over stuff in the trails and the whole house is full of junk. Even their bed, there's a little spot for them to lay down, but their bed is all covered. And I remember one, I got this graphic picture in my mind that I can't get rid of this one, this one show where they were, they were emptying. This person wouldn't even throw box. You know, they, they have like a pizza, pizza, order a pizza and the pizza box, they wouldn't even throw that away. And so they had piles of pizza boxes in their house. And so this guy is taking, actually cleaning the house for him. And so he picks up this pizza box and the camera shows all these mice were hiding in there. And the guy shows, he got all these mice on his back. And he, I'm just, I am freaked out. <laughs> the only thing worse than a mouse is a bat. I always say the bat is the mouse's air force. <laughs> right? And so, but, but the thing is, is that sometimes our minds are like that. You go in there, it's just, it's just all this clutter, all this stuff in there that we've never, we've never taken the time to take these thoughts captive, get rid of these things, have a house clean. We've got to get rid of this stuff. When the Bible says that, talking about the bride of Christ, it says that he washes it with the washing of water by the word. In other words, what God wants to do is he wants to cleanse all this wrong thinking out of our lives so that God and you can work together. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the carnal mind is at war with God. And he's writing to Christians. He's not talking about sinners. He's talking about Christians. Their, mind, their, their carnal mind, carnal thinking fights against God and the purposes of God. And so there's nothing that affects the quality of your life more than the way that you think. You know, Joyce Meyer, she said this. I might have said this before. Joyce Meyer said, if you don't like your life, if you say, my life stinks, if you don't like your life, you need to go home, I want to get the quote right, and have a meeting with yourself and decide to do something about your stinking thinking. Now, I would never say something that brass. <laughs> but if you know Joyce Meyer, she's brass. So she goes... Go home and have a meeting with yourself and doing some, do something with your stinking thinking. The stinking word sounds good, doesn't it? Stinking thinking. You know, the Bible says here in Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, the, the prophet is saying to God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So sometimes, you know, we want peace, but we don't want to get involved in the process of bringing peace. We just say, God, give me peace. And then we just continue on thinking about anxious thoughts and worrisome thoughts and worry thoughts. And, say, and God says, I'll, I'll keep you in perfect peace, perfect peace. 
If I can get you to keep your mind stayed on me. I remember, you know, you think about what does a renewed mind look like? I heard this preacher say one time, every time there was trouble that came into his life, he would say out loud, thank God for another opportunity to prove that God is faithful and that his word works. I thought, that's not what I usually say. <laughs> right? But he had renewed his mind to such an extent that he had such high expectancy that God is faithful. See, most people, even Christians, don't have that kind of an attitude that God is faithful to his word. He's going to show up. He's going to do something. This is not going to remain like this. Something's going to turn. There's going to be a breakthrough. Something's going to change. Most people don't have that kind of an attitude. But when your mind is renewed, your thoughts are glimmering with hope. Something good is about to happen. Something good is going to change. Something's going to shift. It's not going to end this way. It's not going to stay this way. Something's going to change. And when your mind is renewed, you start thinking that way. Instead of going, well, it's always this way. Never going to change. Life's going to be like this forever. I'm stuck. I'm in a rut. I can't, you know, a rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. So it's going to be like this forever. That, that is a sign that your mind is not renewed on Scripture. You know, there's a verse in Psalms where the psalmist said, my heart is indicting a good thing. I think of things to come concerning the sun. And then he goes, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And then he starts do, doing his psalm. It's almost like when, you, when the, the word of Christ, Christ dwells in you richly, the next thing that's going to happen is something's going to come out of your mouth. Amen? Something's going to come out of your mouth. And what's going to come out of your mouth is something that is consistent with what God's nature is. Amen. I mean, that's so important because otherwise what happens is, can you imagine God wants to do something in your life? Could you, could you imagine this? God wants to do something in your life and you are preventing it. Wouldn't that be terrible? And that's what the Bible says in Romans 8, that the carnal mind is at war with God. And so nothing affects the quality of your life more than what, your, your thought life. Here, I, I saw this quote. I wanted to give it to you. It says, the state of your life is nothing more than a reflection of the state of your mind. The state of your life is nothing more than a reflection of the state of your mind. Because if your, your thoughts are all messed up, you're, because thought, I mean, think about this, how thoughts, what thoughts control. Thoughts control attitude. If a person has a stinky attitude, it's because they've been thinking stinky. If a person has wrong desires, desires are controlled by thoughts. Feelings are controlled by thoughts. So much of what we have is controlled by thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, they say this. This is so hard to believe. But they say that medical science will tell you this. That two-thirds of the people that go to visit a doctor, two-thirds... That's a lot of people. Two-thirds, that's 66, I think it's 66 or 67 out of 100. They go to the doctor because of symptoms. They have real symptoms. They're not fake symptoms, they're real symptoms. But they're brought on by mental and emotional distress. Isn't that wild? I read that years ago, this book called None of These Diseases by a medical doctor. When I read that, I thought, that's, that's hard to believe. But, be, but what happens is this, your state of mind affects your body. Your state of mind affects your body. It's so powerful that it's very important that you think 
good thoughts. Here's a verse that very well known verse. Second or third John chapter one. Well, there's only one chapter. Verse two, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So notice how he connects soul prosperity to health. Soul prosperity to health. He's saying that you, your, your body can experience health through soul prosperity. What is soul prosperity? Your soul is, part of your soul is your mind. So if your mind's prospering, if, you're, if you have healthy thoughts, it actually affects your body. In fact, this doctor in this book, None of These Diseases, he links certain sicknesses to certain uh, mental and emotional distress, like worry. He goes, worry will bring these physical diseases on you. Uh, unforgiveness will bring these physical diseases. He, that's the, he actually, he's a medical doctor. He, he actually tied the, the different diseases to different emotional, not all, not all diseases, but, but most diseases are tied to mental and emotional distress. And so when, when, we, when our soul is prospering, so in other words, you go, man, I'm sick, or I'm, I'm financially in a mess, or I'm, my, my life is this, or my life is that. The very first thing you must do is you have to change. You've got to repent. You've got to change your mind. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to think differently. If you think differently, then what happens is you're going to cooperate with God. Because scripture, Bible verses actually bring healing. The Bible says that Bible verses bring healing in, in Proverbs chapter four. It says that that scriptures are healing to all their flesh. So it doesn't particularly what kind of unhealthy flesh you could have. Scripture would actually bring healing to it. Because how many know this is true that the word of God is powerful. I always got this image when, when somebody receives revelation from the word. It's like there's a minor explosion inside of them. It goes, all of a sudden the word comes. If it falls on fallow ground, it, nothing happens. But when it goes into the ground of a person's heart, and they go, wow. For the first time they see it, it goes, watch this now. It goes, boom. <laughs> There's a little explosion that takes place. Kaboom. Because the Bible says the word of God's powerful. God's word is powerful. And then once there's that little explosion, here's what the, that's what, you, that's what happens inside, but on the outside, that guy goes, woo. See, I'm hoping this morning that somebody will go, woo. Woo-woo. Why would he even get two woos out of you? Right? Because, oh. I mean, sometimes you go and hear this, the word, and it's just like, you know, people just have no reaction. Just kind of like, whatever, whatever. But I want it to penetrate. Where it goes, there's, a, there's that explosion, boom. And then it's going to start to grow. And whatever, there's nothing more, more powerful than God's word to overcome situations. Isn't that true? In fact, I, I got that verse. I, I, look, look at this verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, real quickly. I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. I hope the person who's doing this can keep up. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, very good verse. It says... <clears throat> it says, for the word of God is living and powerful. Amen. Everybody say powerful. powerful. What is living and powerful? The word of God. What's interesting here is there's two words in the Greek for word of God. One is rhema and the other is logos. Logos usually is a word that speaks of the general 
word of God, the, the whole word of God, the generally. Rhema, usually when it appears in the text, rhema, it's usually more specific. It's like a, a specific word to a specific person. So he says here, the word of God, and the word there is rhema. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So in other words, it's so powerful, it has transforming ability. It's, a, it's ability to transform your life. Amen? To change you from the inside out. That's what we're looking for. And so the first thing I just wanted to say, I'm not doing very good on time here, so that I got about five different points here. So this is not going very good. I mean, it's going good, but it's not getting, we're not, giddy up, Steve, is what I'm trying to say here. Um, uh, so there's nothing that affects the quality of our life more than the way that we think. The second thing I want to say here is there's nothing as powerful as a changed mind. That's what he says here, and, because it says it's the only way to be transformed. See, what I would like to, I would like to have happen is I would like me just to be totally untouched. And I just like God to reach down and go, you know, I don't want to spit, but, you know, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, woo, you know, my whole life changed. My attitudes changed. My attitude changed. My this changed. My pocketbook changed. My body changed. I mean, you know, weight falls off. I mean, I just want, woo, muscles start popping out everywhere. I'm just like, woo, joints no longer ache or anything. It's, oh, it's glorious. That's what I want to have happen. How many are with me? I'm just looking, <laughs> I'm just looking for a, Lord, I need a miracle. What I'm saying is I'm, I goofed this thing up so bad, but can you just bail me out? And God goes, well, I'll tell you what. I'll bail you out, but you're going to be involved in the process. Right? And so this is not going to happen overnight. This is going to be a process. And so there's nothing more powerful than a changed mind. So as our mind changes, see, the thing is that you can change, and this is what people think, you can change your status, you can change your friends, which sometimes you need to do that. You can change your location, you can change your job, you can change your hair color, you can change your clothes. But nothing ultimately will change until your mind changes. Because that's what the word repentance means. It means change your mind. Change your mind. So lasting change comes from the inside out, not the outside in. Because the problem is no matter where you go, you're still there. <laughs> you sweet little thing, you. You go no matter where you go, guess what? Well, I'm going to go there. It's going to be warm weather. Yeah, but you're still there. So no matter where you go, you go. You're there. So you, what am I trying to say? You the problem. Well, I didn't want to hear that. Well, unless your mind is totally renewed, you the problem, right? So there's nothing more powerful than a changed mind. Amen? But it takes discipline and focus. That's the thing I'm trying to say. It takes discipline and focus, focus to change our mind. You know, sometimes it's like the dog owner. What cracks me up is people and their dogs. You know, I always, I crack, I know you, everybody in this room, everybody has a dog. I know that. I don't have one. I know you all do. And I know you're, you're tensing up right now because you're wondering what I'm going to say. But anyways, I know you all have dogs. I know that. 
But, you know, what's really funny is in the cities. Now, we, we, most of us don't live in the city. But it, it cracks me up when I watch. I, we were in Florida watching all these people. You live in these congested high-rise. Why do you have a dog? That's what I'm thinking to myself. We were riding bike and, and all these. So because they, they have to go outside, take the little mud outside, and then they have to have a bag on their hand. Now, is this gross or what? And when the dog does its stuff, it might even have diarrhea. They got to scoop it up. Is that disgusting or what? And, 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 but, you know, sometimes that's how we are. And it's what really cracks me up. These little people have these gigantic dogs. They go, what is up with that? I mean, what? get a dog proportionate to your size. That's what I'm thinking when I'm riding my bike. Get it. I want to say that. This one lady, she's a little teeny lady. She's got this big monster dog. I'm thinking, get a dog proportionate to your size. Because she's out there walking. The, can you imagine the garbage bag she needs to pick that up? <laughs> these are the thoughts I have. I shouldn't have these thoughts when I'm, when I'm dri- riding a bike. I should be thinking about other things. But, but, but I, I, thought, I saw her, and she's, wa- she's walking the dog. Really, the dog's walking her. And she's trying to get the dog to obey, and the dog doesn't want him to obey. And... And, but, you know, that's how our thoughts are a lot of times. They just, they just take us where we don't want to go. And it takes some discipline to get our minds in control. Amen? So here's the thing about your thoughts. Your thought or your life always goes or moves in the direction of your dominant thoughts. Your life always moves. <clears throat> so it's like this. What you think about, you will continue to bring about. Like that, I think I made that up. What you, maybe I didn't. It was rolling around in my head somewhere and popped out, so I don't know if I made it up or not. But what you think about is what you'll bring about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, As we behold the glory of the Lord, as we behold the glory of the Lord, we're changed into the same image from glory to glory. No, it's process. As we behold the glory of the Lord. So what you think about or what you behold you eventually bring about. Amen? If you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think you can, you probably will. What you think is so vitally important to what our... So it's sort of like this is kind of like a life formula. It says our thoughts affect how we feel. Our feelings affect our actions. Our actions affect our... create habits. Habits determine character. Uh, which creates a life that we are living presently, which determines our destination or our destiny. So it's actually a process. So if you're at the end of this, you're going, I'm going the wrong way. Back up. Back up, buddy. You're, you're going to have to rest those, you're going to have to rest those rogue thoughts. Otherwise, your life will continue going in the wrong direction. See, your life won't just turn out all right. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about going to heaven or hell now, right now, even though it could apply. But, but what I'm talking about as a Christian, your life won't go in the right direction if you don't get a hold of your thought life. Because what happens is small things that nobody sees becomes the big things that everybody wants. Small things be, that nobody sees becomes the big things that everybody wants. See, I, I look at somebody and go, this person's successful, they're confident, they are at peace, they have joy, they're just, they seem to have their act together, their relationships are working, all those things, those are the big things that everybody wants, but it comes from small things that nobody sees. See, if your life is really out of order, it's really out of, it's just a mess, your life's just a mess, sometimes it's hard to re- 
connect the idea that you got there because of your thinking. I'm not saying you can avoid all problems. I'm just saying that uh, you, can avoid, you can avoid reactionary thoughts or reactionary actions to problems. Is this too deep? So small things that nobody sees becomes the big things that everybody wants. Small things make big differences. Because most people, don't, they never think about what they think about. Have you ever thought about what you think about? I mean, you might be sitting there thinking, what is this guy talking about? My God, what am I doing here? <laughs> this is crazy. Right? I mean, you've you got to really have a, 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 how do you say it, a thought audit. Audit your thought life. Because here's the thing, your life's going in the direction of your thought life. You know, sometimes you see this where somebody just run away from, you know, just run, just all of a sudden they, 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 like they implode and they just, they run off, like a guy runs off with another woman or a man or whatever, you know. Let's not get into that. But anyways, but, and so you're like, okay, what just happened here? And you think, well, it, he, just one day he wakes up and he goes, I'm going to run away. You know, I mean, that doesn't happen. This, this, is the, this is the fruit of a thought life that's out of control. And see, when you start to, 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 to attack your thought life, in a sense, where you start, because the most intense spiritual battles are rage in the mind. When you start attacking your thought, like, I'm not thinking this way anymore. And you can do that by replacing thoughts. I mean, have you ever walked up just feeling woked up? I think that's a good word. Woke up, I just feel worthless today. Have, have you ever, I told my wife one day, I said, I'm not good at anything. This is a, <laughs> and I went through the whole list of things that I'm involved in. She looks at me and she goes, you, she just yelled at me. <laughs> Which I said, I'm not even a good communicator, a communi- uh, conversationalist. But, but my point is, is that, that that's your thought life that you have to arrest it. You've got to say, okay, you've got to get your spear out and go, all right, thoughts. You've got to start po- poking them. Get over there into that dark corner there. You're, you're done for. You're, we're not thinking that way. We're not lo- I'm not allowing my life to think that way. What you should think about is what I just said earlier. I talked about how there's a fresh wind blowing. God's, you're going to restore all. That's a good thought, huh? Think about that. And so the mind is the scene of the most intense spiritual battles. When you think about this, um, you, ca- you can't let a lie remain in your mind unanswered or unchallenged. You know, years ago, I was telling my wife this, when I was a kid, I was like eight years old. My mother, she started reading all these end time books. Now, so this is 60 years ago. You think end time books just came out? No, this is 60 years ago. You know, it was Salem, Kerban, 666, The Mark of the Beast. So get this, my mom, she'd kill me if she knew I said this, and, and she's in heaven, but she's probably in heaven now mad, because I'm going to tell you this story, but, but she was concerned about me, and so she goes, and she just got done reading these books about the mark of the beast, and how a bag of gold will take you to buy a piece of bread, and all that stuff, and so she sat me down, and she goes, Steve, because she knew I was a bad little boy, if you come home sometime and we're not here, that means they went up in the rapture. <laughs> Don't take the mark of the beast. 
I'm like, I'm a, gotta understand, I'm not an adult, I'm a little kid. Sitting there going, I'm just like, what? <laughs> the mark of the beast? They'll, they'll want to put it on your forehead. 666. I'm going, what? I'm freaking out. So, get this. Every time I came home, my mom wasn't home. My first, Ipsy, my first thought was, she's up in the rapture and I'm stuck here. I'm going to have to fight off the beast. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm a little kid. So what I would do is I would call, my mom had a prayer partner that she would, they'd be on the phone for hours praying, you know, the, the old dial phones. <clears throat> and so I'd call that lady up because mom had her number there. I'd call that lady up and, and she'd go, hello? i hang up. Because <laughs> I knew that if, if, she didn't, if she's not gone, I'm still okay. But, but here's the sad thing about it was one, one time during that time, I, I, I was having a birthday party and um, uh, my parents were, were you know, they, they didn't come home. And my friends started coming over and the thought came to me that they were killed in a car accident. And I didn't have enough sense to fight that thought. And so for the next several months, I struggled with the spirit of fear. My parents would pray for me, and finally it left me. But it was actually, a, I actually physically got sick. I, I went over to the sofa and laid down. Even when they came, it didn't matter. I was, I was already paralyzed by fear. And so I, know, I mean, I know some people say, you know, and, and you can have that. You can be attacked by that, but it comes, like, comes as a thought. See, a stronghold, like a stronghold of fear, becomes the, in, the, the inhabitant of a strong man. A strong man, which is actually a devil, looks for a, a stronghold to, to, to inhabit. And we create like houses of thoughts where strong, strong men, because you think about this, it says the devil took the whole human race captive with a lie. And so that means that every, every bondage, behind every bondage is a lie that you believed, that he got you to believe. If you're bound by fear this morning, the enemy got you to believe something that's not true. And every, every sin, behind every sin is a lie that you believed. Because Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth that you know will make you free. Amen? So every thought that you don't take captive will take you captive. Every thought that you don't take captive will take you captive. I'm going to jump to the end here. Every thought that you don't take captive will take you captive. So here's, here's the truth. When you believe a lie, you empower the liar. I, I, listen, I do not want to empower the liar. I do not want him to have power of my life. How about you? And so I'm not going to believe his lies. When you believe a lie, you empower the liar. And so I want you to, God wants you to, as the worship team comes, we're going to bring this brutal message to a close. 
You know, you think about this. I was, I was thinking about Neil. Why don't the worship team come on up? I was thinking about Neil. He's talking about bugs. <laughs> that was kind of funny because I wrote down in my notes. I, talked, I wrote down in my notes, you know, the, the Bible talks about a corrupt mind. It talks about corruption. The word corruption is actually the word decay. And what it is, is, is has to do with, have you ever been around a dead body? I mean, my wife and I were bike riding one time over here. This is how your mind thinks. So I'm, I'm, we're driving around, all of a sudden, the smell of a, it was in the summer, the smell of a rotting body. We, we drove by. And so my, my assumption was, and I still don't know what, the, what body, I didn't see it. But when I got home, I thought, I wonder if it was a, somebody stashed a body there. You know, that's what you're thinking, you know. But, but I don't like dead bodies. I'm thinking it's a deer or some, you know, animal. Because dead bodies are corrupting and they, and they attract flies. Right? And, and one of Satan's names is Beelzebub. Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies. And so the enemy is attracted to corrupt thinking. That's what I'm trying to say. The enemy is attracted to corrupt thinking. He li- think about that. You know, we were talking about incense. You know, when, when the Bible says that when you, are, when you live your life in humility and you live your life selflessly, you're, you're a person that gives your life, that it says that that is a sweet-smelling fragrance to God. When, when God sees sacrifice, when God sees people you know, living their life unselfishly. That, that's like an aroma that goes up. I mean, I know this sounds a little spooky, but just, just follow, this is the example Paul uses. He says it's a, it's a sweet-smelling fragrance. So when I'm, when I'm being self-sacrificing, when I'm being kind, when I'm being, uh, putting myself out for others, God goes, oh, oh, did you smell that? It smells wonderful. It smells wonderful. But when I'm being carnal and being selfish or proud, it stinks. And those kind of thoughts are corrupt. And they actually attract the devil. Amen? So corruption is basically stinking thinking. But a life that's poured out in sacrifice to God is a sweet-smelling fragrance. And so what God wants to do is God wants to give us revelation. See, some of us, you know, if we're not careful, we can just continually think the same tired thoughts. Do you ever get tired of some of your thoughts? I'm so tired of thinking like this. I'm so tired of thinking this way. And that's a good, that's a good, that's a good sign that you're getting tired of thinking that way because then you're going to get to a point where God can put thoughts. And when God puts a thought inside of you, it's so powerful. It's so invigorating, so rejuvenating. It's so full of hope, so full of life. It's so life-giving when God speaks a thought into you. Even if it's corrective, it's so life-giving. When God, that's how you know God is speaking to you. Let's all stand together. You see, you know, a lot of times people the, 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 this was, I, was, I said all that to get to this point. You believe this? But that verse that we use, Romans 12, 2, it says, 
the renewing of the mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect. That you can prove. See, all of us, I, mean, I think all of us want to know what God's will is. We all do. God, what do you want me to do? I always like to look at it this way. It's not so much what you do, but who God made you to be. Because what you do comes from what you, who you are. So you have to discern what God made you to be. But, but notice that he says you can't know God's will without your not mind being renewed. Because it's not, something, it's not something that you invent. You don't invent the will of God. You discover it. But you don't discover it apart from a mind that's, a mind that's renewed. And, and there's three stages to it, or three levels of intensity. The good will of God, which is general. The well-pleasing, which is more intense. And the perfect, which is the most intense. Because David had three anointings in his life. Joseph had three coats. There's threes, a lot of threes in the Bible. And there's three things, three dimensions to the will of God. And so, but it all comes from your mind being renewed. Does that make sense? Stan, do you have something? Okay. You want to sing it? Okay. Okay. Is it country? For sure. <laughs> we used to be um, country Bible church. How many knew that? Country Bible church. You know, we were country. Somebody goes, well, how did you find it, get that name? It wasn't real profound. We were in the country. We believed the Bible, and we were a church. Country Bible Church. That's it. They thought it was some profound thing. It wasn't. It was pretty simple. All right. Become uh, snowbirds, my beloved and I. And so we go down to Texas, way down by the southern border there, and it's all pretty much all Mexicans. When they play this music, it's very country and it's very whining. And I told my wife I should write a song about this. <laughs> so I did. And, uh, but it, I thought this would be the only opportunity I have to sing because it, it kind of goes along with what Steve was talking about. And really, I've thought about it because I've had a lot of bad thoughts. I've had a lot of stinking thinking. And I just say, Lord, I need a pardon because this thought's not getting me anywhere. It just keeps taking me down. So the song starts out, Are You Looking? for a pardon from neural pathways in your brain. Can we give it a try? <laughs> I've only sang this once in front of people. And the reaction wasn't all that well. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to give it a try. It's in the key of G. And I think it's been a while since I've done I think there's an A minor in it somewhere. But just try to listen for it. <laughs> so here it goes. 
Are you looking for a pardon? We want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. That's a good song. Yeah. Circling the drain. You've been circling the, that'll be the altar call. You've been circling the drain. <laughs> Maybe you need some prayer. And so we have the prayer counselors. They want to come on up at this time. Whoever they are, come on up. And uh, we just give you the opportunity to be prayed for. Um, if, you're, if you have a, a need, a physical need, a spiritual need, a mental, emotional need, They'd be glad to pray for you um, and, you know, believe that God will touch you. Amen. But, hey, would you join me? I've been doing this the last few weeks, and it's a, it's a battle. I've been, I've been working on my thought life. And it, it's, it's um, I mean, most of my thought life is pretty good, but there are some, there are some roads that need to be closed. How many are with me on that? Yeah. Uh, this, this, uh, I mean, like I just told you, I woke up one morning and said, you know, I don't do anything right. I don't, you, know, you know what I mean? I don't know if you ever felt that way, but I mean, that's a road that needs to close. And so you just need to, 
uh, just join me in, in doing that. And if you need prayer to get kick-started this morning, I just want to encourage you to be, to be prayed for. Let God, let God minister to you. And, uh, but if you can get kick-started, and what it basically comes down to is every day, spend some time reading Scripture. Just read some Scripture every day. Read the Psalms. Read Proverbs. Read the Gospels. Read the letters of the New Testament. Just read Scripture. Let Scripture speak to you. Let Scripture replace ideas or thoughts that you have that are very destructive with pure, holy, positive, uplifting, uh, powerful thoughts that come from God. Because God has an opinion. You know, I heard Bill Johnson say this. He said, I can't afford to have a thought in my mind about myself that God doesn't have in his mind about me. In other words, I want to agree with God. I thought, that is powerful. I have to think like God thinks. Amen? So it's, it's available to us in Scripture. Amen. So if you do need prayer, please come forward. I'm going to pray for you right now. And uh, we have uh, just have some fellowship afterwards. But Lord, I just pray for your people. They are highly favored. They, they came here today, Lord. We believe they came by your design to hear this message, Lord. And God, you have freedom for them. You have, you have blessing for them. You have healing for them. You have prosperity for them, Lord. You have peace for them and joy in the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just pray right now that you'd manifest that to them right now. Lord, that word that you gave me about a, a fresh wind blowing, Lord, I just pray right now that it would blow through this congregation that blow through every heart, every life right now in the name of Jesus, that they recover everything that's been lost. I just pray, God, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your people today and bless them now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you, everybody. If you do need prayer, please come forward. You're free to go. God bless you. Have a great week.